Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy, handball out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Goal! Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's oh! kicked the goal from inside the centre. Welcome to the SC Playbook podcast for round 22 of the AFL season, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. My name is Eddie Dads. I'll be hosting things over on over on SC Playbook as usual. Uh, but joining me, I've got a couple of the best in the business, although it hasn't been a great weekend for one of them at least. Uh, Stevie Nico, coach of Lovsky FC, overall runner-up in 2021. Nico, you look a little bit despondent. Uh, you're wiping a bit of sleep from your eyes. You've got a sharp haircut, uh, but that's probably where the the positives end for you. How are you going on this fine Tuesday evening? Look, I'm not too bad, mate. I uh, work's a bit hectic at the moment. Um, Super coach sucks. <laughs> so uh, I had a big weekend on the on the source uh, as well, and um, yeah. I don't know. Not a lot's going right at the minute. <laughs> We're going to get right into that a little bit later. I'm very excited to delve into the goings on over the weekend in the in the Stevie Nico world. But uh, on the other end of the line, we've also got one of the uh, the big rising Twitter stars in the Supercoach game. His name on Twitter is the SC Bandit. Check him out if you haven't already. Bandit, uh, fresh off kicking four in the ammos on the weekend. His Hawks knocked over Nico's pies. Uh, we've got a big contrast in in attitudes over here, Bandit. You're looking uh, looking fresh. You're looking happy. How are things? I'm good, mate. I'm uh, going better than Nico. Yeah, as you said, managed to fall into a couple of snags on the weekend, which is always uh, which is always good fun. But uh, yeah, the season's gone very quickly. It feels like this year, only three games to go for a lot of uh, local competitions. So yeah, getting to the pointy end of the year, my team won't be part of that, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, still got some super coach to, to focus on and some cash legs that I'm still alive in. So uh, yeah, that's keeping me um, keeping me up and about. It's great news. I think, boys, it's one of those ones where we've got to, we've got to make the most of these last uh, last few weeks of the season because it's a, it's a long, barren off-season filled with uh, with not much news and a couple of shitty trade period weeks as well. So we're going to have to make the most of these last couple of weeks. Uh, I want to find out how, how you guys went over the weekend in, this, in Supercoach world because I'm cock-a-hoop, <clears throat> quite frankly. Uh, 2,560 for my boys on the weekend. That was 389th for the round. Jumped about. 1300 spots overall up into 3300 for the for the year so yeah along with that and my uh, my own five goal bag on uh, on saturday morning in the c4s uh it was yes. a very happy weekend for yours truly boys uh yeah as you can see i'm smiling i'm happy the two-day hangover has vanished as of now uh it's a good time to be alive nico what about your weekend uh run us through it this doesn't sound like it was the greatest experience for you but yeah take us through the blow by blow all right so um it was my first week of full primo so that's something. I, uh, I traded Sam Walsh because um, he's going to be out for another another week or two. Um, but I did it knowing that Nick Dacos was injured and I was on the source and I probably shouldn't have done that. Um, I scored 2,420. So my ranking actually came in a little bit. Um, mm. So 1,253. So not too bad. I also mucked up my draft um, team as well. So, yeah, that was in a bit of disarray when Finlayson was laid out. I had Powell doing a knee or something or other. And what else did I have? It was just literally everything that went wrong. Um, could have gone wrong. I had Miller as well in my draft team, and he was um, somehow suspended on a Thursday. So I'm almost a breaking point, to be honest, mate. I have um... <laughs> I we almost, haven't even got to the Nick Dacos injury yet. <laughs> I fell off my scooter as well. On, on oh, no. <laughs> it's it? all happening. Oh, it was an open bar event, right? So, um, Of course. I, I brought the scooter along. Buses are replacing trains, so it took me two hours to get to the city. Mm. So that was fun. Um, so on my way home, it took me three hours. Oh. And um, I thought, look, I'm going to... I did a bit of a loop. I got a bit lost. I went straight past the pub I was at five minutes later after I left. Uh, couldn't find Flinders Street Station. Don't ride an electric scooter when you're um, when you're drunk is, is one. Uh, I stopped and did a whiz uh, under a tree, hopped back on the scooter, and then something bit me on the neck. And uh, I went to be like, what is that? And, and whacked myself on the neck and uh, fell over. So <laughs> I got a kebab on the way home. That was all right. But I... <laughs> I literally like just was breaking every law under the sun. Um, yeah, love trying it. To, trying to get home. So yeah, look, it, it wasn't a great weekend. Poor Nick. Oh man. Well, 
I'd have to be remiss. I'd be remiss not to ask you if you if you caught the Pies game on on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Bandits, Mighty Hawks, just, just took it up to you boys. They were too tough, Nico. Yeah, look, I had a couple of pints, you know, in each hand, so I didn't really watch it as well as I usually would have. So, yeah, I mean, they look good. We look terrible again. Um, so. I don't know. I mean, you can't play the type of footy we play every single week, I don't think, for, for the whole season. So there is going to be a lull. Maybe it's one of those like training loads have gone up or something or other. And anyway, that's what I'm telling myself. It's one of the more even seasons I can remember um, in, in real footy terms. Uh, about It feels like about 12 teams could win the flag from here. So, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting time. Now, Bennett, it's, uh, it's more positive news on your side of things. Obviously, the Hawks got the dub on Saturday afternoon. Take us through that, first of all. How was that viewing? That was kind of the future on full display, wasn't it? Yeah, I managed to catch the last... Uh, I listened on the radio driving home from footy for sort of the first part of the third quarter and then managed to, to flick it on... Um, for the last sort of quarter and a bit. And, um, yeah, by then the damage had sort of been done. Like, it was very back and forth in that third quarter with Collingwood kicking a few goals to start the quarter and then Hawthorne sort of steadying and, and pulling away again. And, um, yeah, I mean, all those talks of tanking earlier in the year seem a, a long time ago, don't they? I think, you know, obviously haven't haven't won a lot of games this year, but um, I think the evidence is there that, you know, the kids that they've got coming through are pretty pretty good and um, there's a, a core group there who are definitely going to be part of that next push for a, a premiership so um, yeah very very promising signs they still need to add a few a few players I think they're missing a few key position players still but if they can continue to add those then I think we uh, yeah, should be in a pretty good spot so was it was it McDonald that had that contest on the wing with Bobby Hill uh, where both of them sort of running at full pelt was that McDonald or am I misremembering that of course yeah yeah, that was just an enormous moment in the game, and um, yeah, Hawks wanted it more. It was it was really impressive. I enjoyed watching that game more than I have most games this season. Both teams were really having a crack, so it was good to watch. Nico shaking his head at me, but um, yeah, as uh, it's kind of the uh, I kind of go into those Hawthorne Collingwood games not knowing who I hate more, which which is a good spot to be, and uh, really enjoyed the Hawks coming out of that. Uh, now, boys, each week of the season we've been doing our most and least valuable player of the year votes. Uh, we're going to be tallying those up shortly at the end of the season and awarding the SC Playbook most and least valuable players of the year. I'll start us off with the most valuable players of, of my most valuable players of the week this week. Uh, I'm going to give one vote to Mason Redman. Um, he bounced back big time. It was a, it was an easy kill against West Coast, although the scoreboard doesn't quite show it, but he was great. Uh, James Sicily gets the two votes uh, for me. He was absolutely massive. Uh, and Marcus Bontefelli, who's who was my vice captain on, on Friday night, gets the three votes. He was enormous. Uh, Bandit, I, I was remiss to ask you what you actually scored over the weekend. So do you, quickly before you get into your most valuable player votes, do you want to want to take us through how you actually went in uh, in Supercoach over the weekend? I can, yeah. I scored 2-3, two, 2-8. Two, so not, um, not an amazing week. I've had um, some much better weeks over the last sort of three or four. Um, but, yeah, still sitting at 2,215 overall. So um, still in a pretty good spot, hopefully, given that a lot of um, teams in that top 1,000 are out of trades and we'll have to carry um, Nick Dacos for the rest of the the rest of the season hopefully i'm absolutely that. itching to discuss that i cannot wait to get into that it's going to be fantastic <laughs> we'll uh, we'll get there shortly um mvp votes uh, i gave three to to zach Merritt. um came up clutch for me this week i had the vc on english on friday night who didn't um didn't quite produce the score that i was hoping for and um yeah duly saluted with a 143 against west coast so that was um that was huge for it was me it was a slow start gee whiz he was he was slow off the mark yeah, I didn't even didn't even get to see it really because I was playing footy in the Arvo. Um, I literally just got my phone out after the game and, and checked the scores and saw the top scored for Essendon, and I was like, "Happy days! That's 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 perfect." Are you taking shots there at me playing at ten fifteen in the morning, Bandit? Is that what is that what we're doing? Know, or is you and your team off in the Arvo? No, someone's got to someone's got to kick the jaw off the grass <laughs> at one o'clock and. Senior, more experienced operators just get out there at uh, at two pm on on a Saturday. Yeah, very nice, very nice. I like it. Um, Anyway, back to, uh, to MVP votes. Two to two to Bond. Um, just had an outstanding game against Richmond. Should get three Brownlow votes there, and should be um, a very very warm favourite come uh, come Brownlow night. Um, I know Nico was. I think Nico was tipping him in the preseason, even mm-hmm. for for Brownlow. Nice. So um, that's that's become a great tip by by you, Nico. I hope you had some some dosh on that earlier yep. in the season. Big fat zero on that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and then just to round out my votes, I gave one to Zach Butters, um, traded him in two weeks ago for, for Matt Real as a bit of a luxury upgrade to try and um, supercharge Marank a bit. And he's been been awesome. Um, scored a 134, I think it was, on the weekend and um, was everywhere in that in that game. Um, he's going to be very much on my radar in, in 2024, even if he's only a, a mid-only player. So um, one I feel like one. he had a bit of a down a down month, Butters, um, but he's he's well and truly back. I, I was sort of worried he was carrying some sort of niggle, but yeah, watching that Geelong game on the weekend, he, you know, he was back to his absolute best. I think Kane Corns gave him the kick of the year for, for one of his kicks um, inside forward 50, and yeah, it's hard to argue with some of those angles that he sees. He really opens up the game. Love those votes, Bandit. Nico, what about you, your most valuable player of the week votes? Yeah, I couldn't fit Bon in because he ticked me off last week when I had him as captain, so I've left him out and I didn't even be seen. <laughs> um, so one goes to Zach Butters, um, my new player uh, for the week, my final trade, he came in. Uh, so that was a, a good score. Uh, I had to give one to James Sicily. Uh, I swear I th- thought he must have been wearing a Collingwood jumper the way uh, we just kept kicking the ball to him um, the whole time. I, I did catch a bit of that game. Uh, one to Luke Jack. I'm going rogue with my tips, by the way. Uh, one to Luke Jackson uh, for his 173, um, doing you know what we wanted Darcy Cameron to do, but he's doing it. Uh, one to Liver. He's um he's unreal. He's probably the pick of the year. Uh, he's got a three round average of 140, and I've given two to Zach Merritt for his 143 because I did VC him expecting a big score, and he. Delivered and it only cost me ten points in the end, so I was pretty happy with that. Uh, he going back to Libra really quickly. I mean, I think we all have been waiting for this this wave to end, and mm. it doesn't seem to be. He's he's been amazing. He's going to finish in sort of the top five total scorers for the for the year, which is yeah quite an achievement given his age and um, profile. But he's been fantastic. Uh, a least valuable player votes, Nico. I'm sure this is going to be quite. Um, <laughs> saucy from your end uh, yeah. i'll start us off i'm going to give one to josh dunkley um he just yeah had a better second half but was was pretty average in the first against the dockers and yeah i was a little bit disappointed with that on sunday arvo two goes to Lockie neal who was similarly really well beaten by hayden young for the second week in a row we're going to need to start uh looking out for hayden young in the midfield that's been a really really good move from justin longmuir one of few that he's made this season um he's not not had a great year coaching but that's been one of them uh and three votes go to darcy cameron who i think nico you will probably feature in yours quite heavily as well uh just yeah hasn't been what we wanted had the sole ruck roll on the weekend um and stank it up uh yeah what about you nico where are you where are you gonna go with these least valuable votes um i feel like i'm looking at my team for the first time um since the weekend she's got 56 what the hell yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, I'll give him point five. You'll love these votes. Oh my god. Point five to Eddie Ford because he was oh. on sixty <laughs> at quarter time, and he finished on sixty six, and he gave me hope that he might be able to cover Nick Dacos for me in the weeks to come. And he, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not happy with that. You were crying um, about that in our chat as well. Oh, yeah. Eddie Ford, look at him go. Neck minute, <laughs> terrible. The other point five goes to Dan Houston for his 61. Mm. Um, that's pretty poor, and I think he likes it easy, that guy. Um, so mm. um, one to Sam Taylor. Uh, I think he got word that people were trading him in in Supercoach, and he delivered a stinker. He had 24 Dream Team and 65 Supercoach. So he must have had some intercepts come through there. Uh, one to Shea Bolton uh, for his 50. Um, so obviously he's a top player who can deliver that, but uh, hopefully you looped him if you do own. And I've given through to Jack Steele. Yeah, what did he get? Fifty-seven or something. So take that, Charlie. I was so and, happy um, about Jack Steele's score. Yeah. So that roller coaster continues. Love it. Thank you very much, for that Nico. Yeah, I don't know about. The I think that had six. Does it? Oh, I honestly don't care at this point. As long as you've stopped talking, it's it's good enough for me. Um, <laughs> Bandit, what about you? Um, can we please re- regain some normality with these votes? Yeah, I've uh, I've just gone the three players this week, Eddie. For, Thank for you. Three, two, Thank three, you. Two, one. Uh, much more straightforward than Nico's, who you need a bloody abacus to work out. Who <laughs> has to. Um, so I gave one to yeah Harry Sheasel. Just had a really quiet game against Melbourne. Clarko coming back has meant that um, Zebel has come back into that side, which is very annoying. Um, so hopefully he can um, he can bounce back next week. Um, Gave two to, to Nick Dacos. Um, yes, he got injured, but he was well on the way to being tagged to 50 in that game. He would have put in an absolute stinker regardless. So 
he could, uh, I'm sure he was driving home tonight and Finn McGuinness was sitting in his passenger seat. He's just been uh, following him around ever since. Um, and That's two, two clear wins for Finn McGuinness against Nick this season. Two yeah. smashings. Yeah, he's been in pretty soundly both times. So there might be something in that for the teams who haven't tagged Dacos. Who, who would have thought a tag actually Amazing. can work? Who would have thought? Um, and yeah, gave three to our boy Jack Steele. Chief won't be happy with this, but yeah, he was he was dreadful on the weekend. Didn't get a touch in the last quarter. Not a single disposal in the last quarter when St Kilda were getting absolutely poleaxed by Carlton. Not a disposal. Like that is dreadful. That's madness. I, I couldn't believe that stat when I saw it pop up on Twitter. Um, it doesn't make any sense. I can't work out how that's happened. And Carlton obviously ran over the top of them. Um, yeah, I hope he he takes some responsibility for that one. Uh, boys, it's been a long AFL season already, and if your super coach team has been stinking it up. And you've been dreaming about cocktails on the beach in Mexico, eating gelato in Rome, or not being able to remember half your time in Vegas with the boys. Pat and George from Mortgage Choice can help you get there. Whatever you want to do and wherever you'd like to go, you can speak to the boys today about how you can get quick and easy access to cash at the lowest rate possible so you can book that last-minute flight today. Message the boys on their Instagram handle at Pat and George Mortgage Choice to get it sorted. You can also jump into any of the articles on our SC Playbook website for their email, phone contact, or QR code details. Uh, and please remember, if you do mention the SC Playbook podcast, then you won't pay their usual $129 fee. Uh, big topics to get into tonight, gentlemen. There is really only one place we can start and finish with this one. Uh, it's one of those issues that's going to be affecting literally every single supercoacher out there. Uh, which is very good for our purposes because it gives us some serious meat on the bone to discuss. Uh, I don't want to start with the super coach side of things, though. I'm, I'm going to just zag a little bit here. I want to talk about just the real footy aspect of this because I think that's going to that's going to be a bit lost in the super coach com- community, especially is how important Nick Dacos actually is to her. How Collingwood set up, how they play, they run everything through him, they feed it to him off the back. He's taking kick ins, he's running through the middle. Uh, it's a big, big loss for Collingwood. So. Nico, as our resident Collingwood Nuffy, um, can you just sort of run us through how that how that looks for Collingwood? Is there anyone that can step up and sort of take over that role? Uh, yeah, run us through what what that actually means for the Pies going forward. Yeah, okay. So I don't I don't think there's anyone that's going to step up and play his role because he was basically just doing whatever he wanted. Um, so running around the field and demanding the footy um, in every single you know part of the ground. So. I'm of the opinion it might be better for us in the short term. Anyway, I feel mm, like it. I like it this. Yeah, it might. Um, I think we're being a bit too maybe reliant um, on Nick, and it just sort of seemed to be all about Nick. It was Nick this, Nick that. Um, he's a Brownlow favourite. Yada yada yada. Um, I don't know. I just feel like we might be able to just gel a bit more as a team, perhaps with him with him out for a while, and hopefully, uh, look, he's the ultimate professional. We, uh, we know that. And if anyone's going to come back quicker from an injury, it's going to be Nick, I think. Um, so hopefully he can come back into like a, a qualifying final or, or a prelim final and just slot back into a role. And uh, it's not all about him. And, and I feel like we might, yeah, look, we might be better off. I'm going to quote the great podfather Bill Simmons here with a bit of Ewing theory, Nico. When the best player in the team goes up and everyone else has to step up around him, Sometimes it can it can come good, and I think we've we've actually kind of seen that this year already with with Carlton and Harry McKay. Um, yeah, Carlton looking like a much better side with Kerno at full forward, and you know not having to to distribute to McKay going into forward line. They can put it wherever they want rather than having to look at one of the two key forwards. So I think there's something in that. Bennett, is is there any sort of other super coach or real world implications that you can kind of see immediately for Collingwood coming out of this injury? Um, I don't think so. I think as Nico said, I. Like he's pretty irreplaceable, so I think there's there's no one who can play the role that he was um, playing. I think guys like Noble and um, maybe even his brother will probably get a bit more of the footy around the around the ground now as those sort of distributors. But um, yeah, I think once we get into once we start talking some replacements from a super coach point of view, I've sort of found one in the pies who uh, who might get a bit of an uptick in in scoring, hopefully. So um, yeah, I, I don't think we'll see much from. A super coach side of things, but I think there is one player in particular who might um, might benefit a little bit. I'm excited to get into that. I mean, it's not like it's not like there's a guy running around in the twos playing playing the Nick Dacos role. Is there? I mean, it's not like replacing a key forward or a ruckman. It's a really interesting one. Um, Nico, you mentioned that he's probably going to be back for yeah either the qualifying or the prelim final. So are we talking sort of a five or six week injury here? He's, he's broken a bone in his knee. Is that right? 
Yeah, yeah, he's got a hairline fracture in his knee. So the word is like up to six weeks. So I'm just, you know, yeah, banking on him being the pro that he is, that, that hopefully it's on, you know, the, the right side of that time frame. Um, but, yeah, look, if I think we still pick him. If he's fit for a prelim, I think I think we go with him. Um, but, yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully it's not – well, hopefully we're in the grand final. But, yeah, <laughs> Yeah. If, if it's first up in a grand final, like maybe they won't do that potentially. I was really interested, and we and you did touch on it briefly, Nico, before the Brownlow medal markets um, just took an absolute dive. Did Dacos? I think he was the unbackable sort of dollar seventy, dollar eighty favorite. He's dropped out to five fifty now on most of the books out there. You got you can get Bont sort of at two dollars, two dollars twenty mm. in most places. I, I'm kind of of the opinion that. Dacos at 550 is exceptional value. I mean, he's pretty, he could potentially have banked 30 plus votes from now. He's going to be pretty hard to chase down, isn't he? Yeah, there's. I don't think Bont's that far away from him, to be honest, at, at this point of the season. And he's got, what, another three games to, to, to you know, get away from him as well. So, yeah, look, I, I reckon Bont's right there anyway. And, and Petrarca's the sleeper. Like, he... Obviously, he's right in the market as well. The bookies haven't missed him, but uh, his season has been absolutely outstanding uh, and just keeps getting the job done and keeps kicking goals, you know, which the umpires like to see. So he's going he's gonna to poll very, very well. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see the stats on if anyone has missed, like what's the most amount of games that a Bramley medalist has missed over the, in any given season. Um, I reckon, I mean, he, he basically call last weekend a miss basically because he wouldn't have got any votes from from that game anyway and then he's going to miss another three after that it's a pretty big ask um you know given that other guys Bontepelli and Petrarca will have played 23 games and Dacos has only played you know effectively 19 it's a pretty um it's a pretty big gap to overcome I think I remember that Gad was it what was the Gary Ablett year where he did his shoulder and um was kind of unbackable at the point he did his shoulder and then and then dropped out of the race. I think he ended up being close but didn't wasn't able to quite hang on in that year. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm 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 really tempted to, to have a little flutter on, on Nick. On Better, of course, our, our good partners at Better. Um now that we've got the, the real world footy stuff out of the way, I want to talk about some super coach stuff because um yeah, I, I think Ben at you posted in our chat that hundred percent of the top one thousand teams own Nick Dacos. Uh, and I believe this, the, the number without trades was about 450 of those top 1,000 didn't have any trades left. So, I mean, this is, this is we talk about chaos being a ladder, and this is the, the prime example of it. And the, the, the pure exponent of that, Nico, has left himself with no trades. Nico, what are you going to do with Dacos for the remainder of the season? What's going to happen? You're sitting just outside the top 1,000. What are you going to do? He's a, he's a pretty expensive blue pole. Sweet FA is what I'm going to do with him. <laughs> He's just sitting on the midfield bench at the minute. So, yeah, I've got four to marriage. I'll be looping them. Um, so, look, you never know. Maybe Roberts might get another gig for the Swans. Um, Constable might get in with, with the injury to Powell. So, they're, they're, look, there might be options. Mullen might, I don't know, potentially get back in the side. But, yeah, I, I'm just going to be looping for days. That'll be me. Interesting. I love it. Bandit, what about, I mean, you? I think you've got at least one trade left. Yeah, I've, I've got, got one. Yeah, I've got, got one as well. Oh, yeah, I've got down to one as well. So this will be my last, um, my last trade for the year. Well, beautiful. I want to, I want to get into some possibilities for what we can do. You and I with these two trades. Uh, we're going to leave Nico out of this discussion completely, as he's uh, he's cooked himself and has none left. Nico, I'm going to let you contribute to this because I've asked the two of you to uh, to come with one player from each of these three categories, and I'm going to give you. I'm giving us the first one is the safe option. Uh, which is 15 to 30% ownership. You, you know, you're going pretty well. You're happy with your ranking. You're just looking to sort of consolidate where you are. The second category is you're feeling a bit funky. You want to make a charge, but you also don't want to risk blowing up your season. So it's kind of a 5 to 15% ownership guy. And then the last category is the let's get weird category. So it hasn't been your season. You want to finish strong. Who do you go with? It's 0 to 5% ownership, guys. Uh, and for the purposes of this exercise, uh, we're excluding anyone at more than 30% ownership. Uh, and we are going to, I'm going to assume that people have some DPP flexibility and we're going to look at guys uh, from the defense, midfield and forward lines. Uh, I'm not going to, not going to include rucks in this just yet. Um, I'll, I'll start us off, Ben. You've got, a, you've obviously got some thoughts behind um, who you think Collingwood is going to step up to, to take over the day cost role. So I want to, who have you got for my safe option? I want to know who, if, you, if I just, I really want to just consolidate where my ranking is. 
who would you be looking at? Yeah, so for this topic, I just looked at sort of, def- I mostly looked at defenders and, and midfielders because obviously I think a lot of people have still got, you know, a constable or someone like that that they can sort of throw into their back line and, and bring in a midfielder if they need to. So I looked at mainly defenders and, and midfielders. So the two that I picked out as, as safe options um, is one is Luke Ryan. Um, who's got a five-round average of 116. He's less than 20K more expensive than, than Dacos. For those who are a bit tight on, on cash, he's not a big jump up from from where Dacos is at the moment. Um, and he's just been really consistent as much as I uh, don't like him after what he did to me last year. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's been a really safe option throughout the year and um, should finish the year pretty strongly. And then the midfield option I had was um, was his teammate, Caleb Sarong, um, who's in 19... 0.7% of teams, um, yeah, 563K at the moment, which for a guy averaging 110 on the season um, at this time of year is, is pretty good shopping, to be honest. So um, hopefully he can finish the year strong and, and be that safe option that we're, that we're looking for. I like both of those. I'm going to just go ahead and take James Sicily off the board. Um, he's at 17% ownership. He's got a three-round average of 146. Um, for me, that feels like the safest play. I, I definitely, definitely get the Ryan and the Sarong, um, but I'm not sure that they've got quite the uh, the consistency and, and the output that, that Sicily has at the moment. I mean, Ryan is, is proving that perhaps he does, um, but Sicily is kind of the guy that I'm looking at. Yeah, the only reason I didn't consider Sicily was because he's, I think from memory, he's like 100k more expensive than Dacos. He is, so yeah, correct. People have only got one trade left and not much cash left. He might be out of reach if you haven't got him by now, unfortunately. Nico, what about you? What's your What would be your safe choice? Well, Zach Merritt is only in 26.7% of teams, so he fits the criteria, and I think he's pretty much as safe as houses. He's got the Kangas this week, so expecting another big score there. I've also got Andy Brayshaw, Andrew Brayshaw, sorry, in in there as well at 21%. Obviously, he can go Sarong um, as well, but yeah, I wrote Sicily down too, but that were the sort of the, the safe guys that I was going with. Yeah, Brayshaw, obviously, they play West Coast this week. They've then got Port Adelaide and Hawthorne in the next two, the Dockers. So uh, a pretty favorable draw for him. He's really built into his season nicely. He's only got one sub-80 score since round 10 um, and a host of sort of 130, 120-plus scores. So I really like that one. Um, He's currently sitting in my team, very happy with him. Now, the second category. So we're getting a little bit more funky. This is for people who, yeah, maybe you're sitting in, in outside the top 5,000 and you want to make a run into the top five. Maybe you're sitting just outside the top 10 and you're trying to get in there. This is for the guys, yeah, you, you want to take a little punt. So, Ben, I've given you the 5 to 15% ownership, guys, here. What have you what have you come up with for this, this range? Yeah, the first one I had was a, a defender who's... I mean, he's, he's no stranger to, to Supercoach teams, being uh, Sam Doherty's in 11.5% of, of teams at the moment. Um, just a small jump up in price from, from Dacos again. Um, should be a pretty safe-ish option to, to finish the year, hopefully. He's been a little bit up and down this year with injury and, and his role's changed a bit throughout the year as well as, as Carlton have sort of ebbed and flowed with their, with their form. But, um, yeah, we've, we've seen his Supercoach pedigree in the past. He's capable of some, some big scores on his day. So... Hopefully, if you bring him in as a Dacos replacement, he can uh, deliver two or three big scores for you on the way home. I love that one. I'm I'm going to take Libra off the board here, boys, because mm. this is the one. Uh, I me personally, this is this is it's between Libra and one other guy, um, and Libra is at fourteen point seven percent ownership somehow, despite the fact that he's averaging one hundred and thirty nine in his last three and one hundred and twenty one for the season. The fact that he's in less than fifteen percent of teams is is amazing. Um, so I'm going to take him there. He's been fantastic. The dogs are going to be pushing really hard um, for their for their final spot, for their finals lives going forward. He's going to need to play a big part. Uh, I really, really like the look of Libba. Um, and if it wasn't for one other option that was sitting there, which is we're going to come to in a second, uh, it probably would be Libba for me. Nico, can you try and persuade me elsewhere? I was going to say Libba probably falls into both categories, the safe option and, and the feeling funky. Uh, I did have Doherty down. Uh, I've also got LDU down at 10.2% of teams. Um, fun fact, if I went him over Walsh, I'd be having an extra trade right now and I would trade Nick Dacos out. Um, <laughs> Luke Jackson is the other one I've got here as well at 7.7% of teams. So, yeah, I don't know if you've got some DPP wizardry and you need some ruck cover, I think that's a pretty good option as well. Yeah, let's talk about Luke Jackson because uh, I think this is worth discussing. Um, Darcy out. 
Jackson just enormous was was absolutely fantastic on the weekend um, against the Lions. Nico, was that purely a matchup thing against Brisbane, or is this something that we can expect from Jackson going forward? Oh, look, you wouldn't be expecting one seventies. He was up against Darcy Fort rather than the Big O, um, so probably yeah, probably just a bit of matchup. Got you know Darcy Fort covered you know around the ground and agility wise and um, probably tank wise as well. So hence the the massive score, but. I think, you know, for a safe 100 as a number one ruck, absolutely. It's not like he's got any stiff opposition coming up. I mean, he plays West Coast this week, Port Adelaide without Scott Lysette the week after and Hawthorne in the last round of the season. Um, it could be a monster finish to the year for, for Luke Jackson. Is, is it worth looking at, Ben? I mean, you can make some cash going Dacos to Jackson at this point. If you can swing that DPP-wise, he's a ruck forward, so there's some possibilities there. Is Does that hold any interest for you? Yeah, I've been toying with that uh, idea myself really over the last probably day or so, just looking at um, all the sort of options that I can I can do. I can basically trade in um, a mid-forward or um, defender for, for Dacos with the DPPs that I've got um, in my team. So, look, he's definitely one that I'm interested in. Um, if I didn't have Darcy Cameron in, in my team, I'd be more inclined to go that way. But just having two forward rucks seems a bit overkill to be honest especially with Darcy Cameron not going amazingly well over the last um over the last little while so yeah it's yeah I'll, I'll probably look to go safer I reckon but if if you do just want to go you know balls to the wall and just go for a throw at the stumps he's definitely one that I would put into that category and um it could could come up trumps I like the idea of claiming him early as your boy going into 2024 because as we talk about, as we're going to talk about in, a, in the next segment, I mean, he's going to be a very, very popular pick next season. So you could get really early in on the ground floor with Luke Jackson. Uh, last category, boys, I, re- I want to get weird here. And this is where I think I'm going to end up going um, with my Nick Dacos trade. I'm sitting, yeah, as I said, 3,300. I feel like there's minimal chance of getting up towards sort of the top 1500 but i feel like you've got to give it a crack don't you nico like i mean at this point of the season what have i got to lose i've got a trade you know probably 50 percent of coaches in my range don't have a trade it really could make or break the year can you can you can you give me give me some options in this range for me well i've got four and i'm hoping that one of these is what you're thinking about yeah if it's not then we're in trouble yeah we're in trouble (laughs) um okay 1.1 of teams Three-round average of 124.3. Nick Newman from the mm. Blues. He's a very interesting one with Doherty playing more midfield. But is that going to change with, with some, you know, cavalry coming back? I feel, um, like he's, I feel like he's the type that's going to absolutely burn people. Yeah, he could be a burn man. Um, I've got Brad Crouch there at 2.4%. Yep. I don't know. Not much fun uh, with that one. I don't think he's pretty vanilla. Uh, Darcy Parrish, 4.5%. And Chad Warner. Four point six percent. None Chad. of my, none of my, none of my guys. Okay. None of my guys. I do like, I do like the Chad though. That's mm. not a bad call. Yeah, talk me, talk to me about the Chad. What, what can you tell me about him? Um, not a lot really. I'm just going to look him, look him up. Give me a sec. Five twenty one k. So he's he's about that, or he's cheaper than Nick. Uh, he's got. Where am I looking here? The last couple of weeks he's gone one twenty two, one seventeen. Uh, he's got, well, who's he got? Gold Coast, Adelaide, and Melbourne to come. Okay. And he's, you know, scored pretty well against. And the Swans just seem to be playing decent footy uh, at the moment. So it looks like something has clicked for them. And, and they're playing well. They're getting wins on the board. Uh, I think they lost. To, no, they beat the Giants. So betting the Giants is a good win. Like, the Giants being in unreal form. So they're doing something right. They've got the mix right. And, yeah, I just feel like he could finish really, really strong. I'm, I'm going to kind of cheat a little bit here with, with the guy that I'm picking because, strictly speaking, he's in 11% of teams. But when you narrow no. it down to the top 5%, he's in 0.7% well, of no the top 5%. So it's Clayton Oliver. <laughs> this is the guy that I want to talk about, boys. Fixated. It's I'm, I'm purely fixated. The amount of times <laughs> I've Googled Clayton Oliver's footy wire super coach stats over the last couple of days, you would not believe it. It's unbelievable. Um, he's coming back this week. Goody says he's right to go. He's obviously going to not be playing full minutes, and you know, unless you're a conspiracy theorist and you think his hammy's been all right the whole time. But he's at 658k. I can get there pretty easily from Dacos. He's just an absolute freak. I mean, just looking through his score log this season, 
113, 135, 156, 121, 13. Like he's just a, I don't know, he's an absolute beast. Um, Melbourne played Carlton, Hawthorne, and Sydney in their last three games. Two of those games are the MCG, one's at the SCG. Nice, tight, contested footy game for him. Can you talk me out of it, Bennett? Why, why shouldn't I bring in Clayton Oliver? No, I can't. I can't talk you out of it. If he's named to play this week, um, he's definitely worth um, bringing in. I think because you know, after eight weeks or whatever it's been with this with this hamstring, surely he's right to go by now. But um, yeah, I think in terms of like a like for like replacement, in terms of the scoring capacity of Dacos, he's absolutely the one that that I would I would look for. Um, but obviously, you know, having missed a fair chunk of the season with injury, that has to be, I think, factored into the decision. And especially if you're on your your last trade, um, it's it's a question of do you bring in a player like that with that sort of niggling injury risk at the back of your mind, or do you just go, no, I'm just going to go for someone you know really safe who hasn't missed a game all year and should play out the, the rest of the season. But in terms of pure scoring, I'd, yeah, he's he, on his day, he's unmatched. He's a he's a beast. I, I, honestly, at this, I'm probably 95% going to do it, I think. It, it just feels right. It feels like it, this is what I've been waiting. This is what this is exactly what I was holding the last trade for, this kind of opportunity. This is an opportunity, Nico. I mean, uh-huh. if, if Oliver comes in and averages 130 over these last three rounds, I mean, maybe he puts up 100. in. The, maybe he goes 95 in this round and then one back-to-back 140s or something. Uh, it's, it's absolutely worth Potentially. Working. Potentially. What, what can yeah, you... What I'd, can, I'd, want, I'd want to see him... I'd want to see some footage of him at training just tearing it up. Yeah. If, if I was going to go in first up, you're breaking a golden rule in, in Supercoach and not, not picking someone, you know, the first week from back from their injury. Um, so, look, there, there's obviously huge risk, but there's three rounds left. So um, do you have a decent loop? Like, could you have someone you could look at before pulling the trigger? Like Absolutely someone, not. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say... Was- if someone looping. scores a 90 or something, then maybe you could watch him go around and then do it next week. My looping but. has just been horrific. Um, yeah. I mean, we've got Sam Sturt and Ryan Marrick and my only two rookies that are actually playing at the moment. So, yeah, that's not going to work um, unless Constable plays and then we're then we're, then we're in, um, in business. But, yeah, I, I feel really, really good about it. I think I'm going to just do it. I mean, it's going to make these last few weeks so fun. Um, I feel like, you know, could bring in Libba. That'd be pretty fun. Bringing Oliver is just going to be so fun. Um, Bennett, do you, is there anyone else that, that we need to talk about here that, that you can throw on my options list? Yeah, there was one that I um, forgot to mention in the Feeling Funky section, which Nico can um, can talk to a little bit as well. But Jordan Degoe seems like a bit of a bit of an option for me with, um, with Dacos obviously being out. Tom Mitchell really struggled on the weekend as well. Um, just feel like he's there. He's there on the X factor now at the moment through the midfield. So um, we saw he was scoring really well earlier in the season in terms of um, putting up some decent numbers, and then he got suspended. So um, yeah, I'd be interested to hear what Nico thinks about that in terms of um, yeah, if he's if he's someone we should look at over the last three rounds. Yeah, I don't, he's definitely the, the guy that we're going to rely on to to step up. Uh, and to fill the void, um, he's gone 83, 96, 55. I just, I, I find it really hard just to dive in on a player with with those with those stats and that that form um, in the last three rounds. It's it's pretty dire. Yeah, he hasn't hasn't really put up the numbers, has he? In the last in in recent times, he was on a heater before he got suspended, but um, yeah, he hasn't really done much since. Um, then the it... other two, the other two guys I had in in the let's get weird category were um, from defenders were Mitch Duncan. Um, 1.5% of teams, five-round average of 105. So, but again, there's that injury history that we talked about. Um, and then the other one who I am kind of keen on because of his recent form, and that's Adam Trelaw in 2% of the five-round, with a three-round average, sorry, of 126.7. He looks fitter than I've seen him in um, years, Adam Trelaw. He's, he's really bouncing around out there. Um, looks like he's got a bit of spring back. So I don't I don't mind that one at all. With Dugowie, the 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 pie that you were thinking could step up into the sort of not the Dacos role, but sort of taking some of that Dacos footy bandit, or was there another was there another possibility there? Yeah, he was the guy. Yeah. Yeah. What about Tom Mitchell, Nico? Where's Tom Mitchell at at the moment? I think he had a bit of a a knock or an injury and, and was subbed out because of that. Um I think from what I've heard that he's okay and he should be right to to play. Um but yeah, he He's obviously a bit slow, and, and when we need to go after the win, he, he seems to be the, the first person that's on the chopping block, and, yeah, we take him out and, and put put a younger, fitter, faster person in. 
Yeah, McRae said as much today um, on SEN that that was the thinking with uh, with Mitchell is that yeah, when they need a bit of speed, he's the first to go. Um, well, plenty of options there, boys. I'm really happy with some of those. Uh, that's going to be an interesting one over the course of this, the rest of this week to play out. Um, Bandit, uh, my next big topic today is, is we're going to keep this one a little bit brief, but I did just want to did just want to look a little bit ahead to, to 2024 and find out uh, what what sort of DPPs we're going to be looking at next year. Are there any sort of big names? that we need to be aware of that are either going to be losing uh, a role that they've had in uh, in past Supercoach years or they're going to be picking up a role that they've, that they've got um, that they haven't yet had in Supercoach. Um, is there anyone that you can you can flag to us that we need to be keeping our eye on over the next little while? Yeah, I think starting, well, I mean, starting in terms of the guys who are losing uh, DPP next year, I think uh, our fourth lines are going to be decimated, unfortunately, with the likes of uh, Dunkley, Taranto, Goulden, Rosie, Butters, Cornelio, um, all those guys will pretty much lose their their DPPs next year. So they'll be they'll likely only be forwards only. So we need to factor that in and um, maybe get a bit funky with how we choose our, our forward lines next year. Um, in terms of the guys who are still on track to have DPP, so Nick Dacos is, is one of the big ones. Um, he splits before the weekend with 44% defence and 50% mid. Um, so given that he's going to be missing the next little while, um, those splits won't change much, and I think he'll probably qualify as a defender mid next year, which will be good news for everyone. We can lock him in at, uh, at D1 and, and throw away the key there. Thank um, God. Yeah, absolutely. Um, other defenders who might be midfielders as well, Jack Sinclair was kind of line ball. I'd be surprised if he had um, if he had DPP next year. He's kind of right on the edge of that 35% threshold that you need to to be a DPP. Um, Jaden Short has been predominantly uh, defender this year, so he should have defense mid Oh, God, not again. <laughs> yeah, that'll be, uh, that'll be a blast from the past and hopefully one that we don't need to, to revisit. Um, in terms of forwards, uh, Jack McRae looks like he's on track to be a mid-forward next year, which would be a really interesting prospect. I mm. um, suspect a lot of people would be starting him at F1 in their, in their teams, especially with all these um, sort of younger guys losing that DPP flexibility that we've had. Um, over the course of this year. So he's one to, to keep an eye on. Um, and then from that sort of second tier, I suppose, you know, Shea Bolton, Ben Keyes, Sam Flanders, they all look like they'll be sort of around the mark for DPP as well. So, um, yeah, I think the forward line could be where we really struggle next year in terms of primos. I don't think there'll be the value of someone like an Errol Goulden who's just sort of started in the low 400s and then becoming almost an uber primo overnight, really. Um, I don't think we'll probably have that next year. So, We'll just need to really monitor that over the preseason, and, and as we sort of touched on before, Luke Jackson's a really interesting one as well. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, That's he's the one he's, I want to, talk, want to hear about. Yeah, so he's still on track to be ruck forward, although given that Darcy's out, his split will be very heavily skewed. I would have thought to playing as a ruckman, so that could almost push him into ruck only next year potentially, which would be um, a bit of a not a disaster, mm. but it would be disappointing given that he's played so much time forward this year, and then. Um, a few games towards the back end of the year would skew him back towards ruck only. So, um, yeah. yeah, if Darcy was to leave Freo, uh, it doesn't sound like he will at this stage, but if he was to um, go elsewhere, he'd even as a ruck only, he'd be an interesting option, I reckon. He would. It'd be hard to pick him over a, a gornless Grundy. Uh, sorry, a Grundyless Gorn or a gornless Grundy. Um, would be hard to take Jackson over either of those. But yeah, an interesting prospect nonetheless. Speaking of 24, 2024 projections, boys, I did also wanted to just. I asked the boys on the pod last week, um, uh, Dylan and, and the Chief, one player from each line that they're just going to keep be keeping an eye on over the next little while and, and the twenty twenty four preseason. Um, so I was kind of interested just to get your guys' thoughts on this. Um, we are not nothing too serious here. Just not you're not not locking you into anything. Just a guy that you're going to be keeping a slight eye on over the 2024 preseason. So, Ben, do you want to run us through? Yeah, well, I've asked you to go with one player from each line. So, do you want to give us maybe your defender and your midfielder that you're keeping keeping a half an eye on? Yeah, defender I'm keeping an eye on at this stage um, is Alex Witherden. Uh, I know we've sort of talked about him in the mm. chat a little bit. Um, I love Witherden. With Shannon Home retiring, I think they've got to find you know, that next main ball user out of out of the back six. And, um, you know, he's got some super coach pedigree under his belt, um, even for his time at Brisbane. I remember when he sort of first came onto the scene as a rookie, he had a really impressive start to his career and was putting up, you know, semi-primo numbers. I think he was averaging, you know, 90 from his first four games or something like that. That was the glory days of, of rookies who came in and, and set the world on fire from the start. But, um, yeah, he's, he's one I'm keeping an eye on. And then from a midfield perspective as well, I've, 
I'm kind of still interested in Errol Goulden, to be honest, even if he's mid-only next year. Um, you know, he's very much – he just reminds me a lot of Zach Merritt, just such a good kick of the ball, um, gets his possessions in a very similar way to Merritt does, more probably um, more probably a bit of an outside player compared to sort of in the contest, but can go inside as well and, and be very effective. So, um, yeah, I think there's no reason why he can't take another step next year and, um, you know, be a really, um, really effective mid-only player for us. That goal that Gordon kicked on the weekend. I hope that doesn't get lost in uh, in all the other stuff that happened over the weekend because she whiz, that was special. Uh, coming down the wing, couple of bounces, handball received, just amazing. He's a freak. Uh, Nico, what about you? Any guys that you like in the in the defensive and midfield lines? No, Bennett stole my uh, my suggestion there. So uh, maybe one who's going to be a mid pricer, and I don't know if the Blues are going to like get anything out of this guy, but Zach Williams maybe like he's going to be about three hundred k. I don't know. Like, surely he's due to have one sort of, you know, injury-free, decent run at it, you would think. You'd think but so. How old is he? I don't even know. But He's getting late 20s. Yeah, yeah. What about um, what about in the ruck and the forward line, Nico? Anyone you like? Uh, Tristan Sherry's the one in the ruck line. Obviously, oh. I, don't, I don't know what's happening with Goldie, if he's going to be moving on. Maybe oh, to... I can't do Sherry. No? Um, no. I think he'll be an interesting prospect. Um, so, yeah. Did you say the mids as well? Yeah, anyone you like in the mids? Maybe someone. I, I like the younger guys that have have had a few years under their under their belts and you know might be ready to explode. It's not the third year kind of thing, but just a bit later. Someone like a James Rowbottom seems to mm. be finishing the years like pretty pretty strong. Um, had a really good twenty twenty two when they made the granny and he was dominating late in the season. So. I don't know if there's another like if there's a spot that opens up or something and he might get a bit more opportunity. Maybe someone like him could be interesting, um, or a Max Holmes, you know that type of type of player. Yeah, I love Max Holmes. All my all my cats mates are obsessed with him. They think he's going to be the next big thing. So he's on my radar too. Any forwards or rucks that you like, Bandit? Yeah, from a, a rookie standpoint, um, Toby Conway down at Geelong um, has just started to play VFL. He's had some issues with his body um, over 2023, and he's just starting to sort of get some game time in, in the VFL. There's some big raps on him, apparently. I think he was a high draft pick um, by the Cats uh, from memory when they did pick him up. So I think he's definitely one that you can look at um, potentially starting at R3 as a genuine cash cow if he does um, start to be in the mix for the AFL side. Um, I think, you know, Ray Stanley's obviously been there for quite a while, so they might look to, to make a bit of a change there and bring one of the young guys in, and he's definitely in the mix there. Um, and also just staying in Geelong. I think Tanner Bruin as well. I think, you know, lots of people obviously jumped on at the start of this year. Um, we might have just gone a year early potentially um, with that. Um, you know, Dangerfield's getting towards the end, and and Guthrie's not far off it either, uh, and Mitch Duncan as well for that matter. So they really need him to to take that next step. And, um, yeah, I think with another preseason under his belt, I think he's at only 21 or 22 at the moment. Um, yeah, I think we might have just gone a year early perhaps with that with that change of team. And, um, yeah, he could be one who everyone looks back on him and goes, why, why did we pick him in 2023 and not, not 2024? <laughs> Yeah, indeed. Nico's nodding his head um, vociferously there. It seems like you had that experience this year, Nico. Um, now, boys, it's a, it's a huge time of the year for content, so I wanted to give the SC Playbook subscription package a bit of a plug. It's $50 for the full package, uh, which gets you all of our articles on the website for the next 12 months. Uh, that's all of our NRL, AFL, BBL, uh, everything for the next 12 months. Uh, if you do want to get on the AFL only, that's only 20 bucks for the remainder of the season. Um, I highly recommend the NRL side of things as well, the, the chief... Charlie Dads is is about 125th overall in the NRL. And trust me when I say that he is an absolute uh, nuffy with the NFL. He knows nothing about it. Um, he started this year and he's managed to get to 125, 125th purely on the back of the SC Playbook subscription package. So uh, that's as good a good as, as an advertisement as you're going to get for that one. Uh, Nico, any forwards that you're looking at at 2024 until we get into our plans for this week? Yeah, obviously, Bennett has, has touched on it. It's going to be an interesting year with, with a lot of people losing that you know, for eligibility. So we're going to have to think outside the box, I think. Maybe players like Darcy Fogarty might come into our plans or something. You know, these centre-half forward guys that maybe push up the ground a little bit. Um, Himmelberg, I don't know, Bennett, what, what you know the formula is looking like for him if he retains yeah, his forward status. Yeah, so he might be someone we have to start, like a force to start. Um yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Flanders is another one that, that might take another step up. I like Flanders. I'm a big Flanders guy. 
I'm really interested in him. I've liked what he's shown over the back half of this season. I'm a little bit flat that he's pushing his price uh, this high, given with, with some of these performances. He's going to be really one to, to watch in this new Suns outfit. Whoever, if they do end up going with Hardwick or whoever ends up coaching up there, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Bandit, vice-captain, captaincy options this week. You're our resident captaincy expert over at scplaybook.com.au. What have you got for us? Yeah, it's a good week for... Um... Good week for VCs, I think. Um, you know, Tom Stewart, Zach Barrett, Errol Goulden, um, probably the leading candidates in that department for me this week. I'll probably go, oh, I don't, don't know. I might go Stewart on Friday night. I think the Cats play into merit maybe as, as C. Um, English is, is probably still one of the best captain options going around, um, but the Hawks don't tend to give up a lot of points to, to Ruckman, so you do have to sort of factor that in and, Bond probably gets the um, the McGinnis treatment this week on the back of um, tagging Dacos last week. So um, probably bear that in mind as well. Um, going against Carlton looks pretty juicy and Sarong v West Coast could be a, uh, a good smoky as well. I'm not so worried about the Bond v McGinnis as I was um, Bond v Dacos because I think Bond can just take him to the goal square and burn him down there, which is what Dacos tried to do, but doesn't quite have the bulk and the and the forward craft yet that Bont does. He's such a dangerous forward. So I'd still be having a look at Bont if you if you were looking at captaincy options. Uh, Nico, anyone else you want to chuck in the mixer there? Yeah, no, not really. I've got VC Merritt and, and C Bont, but I did have V Hawks question mark. So yeah, maybe Brayshaw is another, you know, you're looking for maybe a safe 120 against West Coast. I think Sicily against the Bulldogs is a good shout as well. Um, Bulldogs are a little bit leaky over that um, over that back line. Sicily's could be a good shout there. I don't mind him as a captaincy option. Um, now, boys, each round of the season, we're going to be producing an exclusive SC playbook market of our own through Better. Uh, we've now got access to integrating official AFL fantasy markets on Better. To follow along with this week's multi, you can find the link to the market in any of our articles at scplaybook.com.au or in our YouTube descriptions. Um, by going through those channels, it'll let Better know that we sent you. So it'll be much appreciated if you are linking up. We're going to get in the lab and formulate a multi over the next uh, 48 hours. It will be up on our socials shortly. The Chief is uh, is going all right with uh, with those multis. At least Did that's last what he week says. Hit? Uh, I don't believe it did in the in the, in the end, Nico, but it was very very close, which means mm. we must be due this weekend. Must um, be due for a second, yep. exactly. What are, we, what are you really gambling with? Set a deposit limit for free and confidential support. Call one 858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Just the one listener question coming this week, boys. It's from Tim Mitchell over on Twitter, uh, one of the real good guy, real good guys over on Twitter. He wants to know: Will Luke Jackson average 180 in the last three rounds? He's setting that. As the over under, Nico, are you going, to, are you going over or under on that one? Well, that's a big fat under for me. <laughs> Bandit over under. Uh, under, I'd give him. I'd give Tim one hundred and twenty. I'll give Tim one hundred and thirty. I'm, I'm a I'm a Jackson guy. I like the look of him. He moves so well. I think one hundred and thirty is reasonable given the opposition he's coming up against in the next couple of weeks. Get, he so could get two hundred. He could score 180 this week mm. against West Coast with, um, I think, Bailey Williams got rubbed out, didn't he? With, yeah. uh, he managed to get that overturned. Um, oh, just right breaking off. news. If anyone gives it a, a hoot about West Coast, it was overturned and he is going Honestly, to play this week. All those suspensions were a joke, I thought. They really were. Uh, it was a bad week for the MRP. Uh, boys, that's about all we've got time for this evening. Thank you so much for your time. Nico, go and get some sleep, for the love of God, please. Um, <laughs> it's been lovely to chat to you this evening, boys. Really appreciate your time. I'll speak to you next week.